Welcome back after Labor Day weekend. I hope everybody had a nice few days off. I definitely had a nice few days off. Sarah, did you? I did. I barely labored at all. (laughs) What did you end up doing? Oh, nothing special. Just I did my favorite thing, which is stayed home. Right. You know, I don't think people appreciate the staying home, especially in New York, because in New York, I mean, the city's just dead. And it's great because you can do, you get all your errands done and there's no lines and you can go to the gym and it just, Uh yeah, love it. No chaos. Love it. Love it. Less sound, noise. Love it. Yeah. Is this like the Labor Day weekend? Is that like the last hurrah for the Hamptons? Oh, probably. I don't know. So everyone goes. Yeah. I was in the supermarket on Saturday and who do I run into with that? Totally hot guy from my gym that I've been crushing on for three years. Oh, that guy. That guy. (laughs) What's he doing? Well, it was a Saturday. I guess he was going to some gym. I don't know, some other gym that he was going to uh, in the Hmm. neighborhood. And he was buying avocados and blueberries, apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought it odd only because uh, typically he goes away, like they're big travelers. Yeah. And uh, he wasn't away. So I I think I, I, I don't know. I thought it was weird, strange. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, why do you have to be so handsome? You know, he's such, he's handsome about him. He's handsome (laughs) in the Italian way. You know, this, yeah, you have to have grown up around Italian men to, to, I mean, he's handsome, but you can, when you grow up around Italian men, you see how, why he's so good. He has the Roman nose and he's got this great smile and whatever. Anywho. um, So I had, uh, I had a date with Don over the weekend. Yeah, it was a date. I, you know, I think we're in that in in between place mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, we went out the week before and there was some kissing and there was some talk of more than kissing, and then we went out last night Sunday and I was really conscious of because I I think I said this to you last week, like I want to be with somebody who misses me. And I don't think he misses me and that's okay. Like, I think he has, I think he has other priorities. Uh, So it's, it's okay that he doesn't miss me, but I don't want to be with somebody or I definitely don't want to be sleeping with somebody who wouldn't miss me if I were gone. Yeah. I think that's reasonable. And you know, it's, it's healthy. You know, because I, that was the other thing I thought of, you know, don't try and use sex to to spend time with him. Don't do that. Because I've mm-hmm. done that before, not with him, you know, years ago. And I really didn't want to do that because I thought that could potentially damage any possibility you two have. Yeah. And so I, I'm very, I'm glad that we can... We can spend time together without there being like crazy sexual tension. Like there's a little bit of tension there, but I think we enjoy each other so much that we can, it's overlooked by, it's overshadowed by just how we get along. Okay. If that makes sense. So I don't know. I don't like, have you ever, I don't know if I could be, I can be friendly with an ex, right? Mm -hmm. I can be friendly with people. Uh, that I see, like, you know, I've run into on the street or, hey, how you doing? Or, oh, we happen to be at the same party. Oh, hey, how you doing? And make small talk and this and that. But I don't know. This is really the first time um, I've 
continued a, a relationship with somebody that I was intimately involved with, yeah. romantically and intimately involved with, because I'm friends. And this is the thing, like I had so little actual healthy relationship experience, but I had all of my casual relationships were with men that were in my life for, we're talking decades. You know, huh. it was ongoing. We would see each other every couple of months. You yeah. know, it, it was- So you can't get away. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, not, not that I wanted to, but, um, you know, these were casual things that lasted several years, you mm -hmm. know, and that was always one thing that as deficient as I felt because I had very little- healthy long-term relationship experience. I had so much experience with relationships with, with men who they would stay in my life and we would stay in touch and we would get together every couple of months, but there were, there was no real deep emotional investments, yeah. you know, where a lot of times those situations get really uh, chaotic and riddled with conflict because one person always ends up wanting more and there was just not never any of that with these guys. So, um, I don't know. It's fascinating. And <laughs> that can't be, I don't know. I've just, I've never heard anything like that. What do you mean? I've never heard of that. Um, that process continuing for decades. Well, um, I, I want to be careful not to use his real name because he follows me on Instagram and sometimes comments. He, um, I don't know. I don't know. And, and I think what it was, and we've talked about it before, was it, he hit on it and said, I never lied to you. Like there was never any, we were always so upfront about expectations and, you know, how limited this was going to be, meaning we were never going to be boyfriend and girlfriend. And I think that really was the key because these were men that I was very sexually compatible with, but was not, but knew these are not long-term relationship material. These are, these are for me, for somebody else, but not for me. And I think that really was the key because if I was getting involved in these situations where I wanted more or I could see more. I, I, do, I don't think they would have lasted. I think I probably would have torpedoed them. Yeah. Well, I think that's what most people do. I guess that's what I'm saying. I, I think most people, if they have sexual compatibility, probably try to shoehorn a relationship in there. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and I think this might, you know, this apparently is sort of like what millennials do now, but this is kind of like what we've been doing for a very long time, which is, these situations where you're having sex and you hang out and you spend time together on a regular basis and people are like, no, 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 like we're just casual. No, you're dating. You're dating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and whether you want to like it, it, the minute, as long as it stays label free, I think that a, that leaves room and I think it takes the pressure away. But once you try to label it as I, I think where a lot of people get get very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I don't really understand that. Um, but I think you're right. I think especially now, you know, we're in a, in a, in a stage now with, with dating where I think people are just constantly, there's that fear of missing out. There's that false sense of abundance. There's, 
nobody, people are just not anxious to commit anymore because they're always wondering, well, could I be doing better? Yeah. And I do believe that there's some sort of uh, addiction going on with a lot of people with these apps, you know, with the, how many, how many matches you can get. I do believe you can get addicted to that. And I, and I personally feel that there's a, there's something like that at work where there's a stimulus, where every time we get a new match, you know, we get, we get filled with those chemicals fill our body. Just like when you win the, you know, the, the a jackpot at, at Atlantic city. And what do you do? You go back and you p- plug in more and more and more quarters waiting to win again, and that rush that you get. And I do think people get addicted to that rush. So I think nowadays people really are hesitant to, to put a label on it and to say, yep, we're dating. And that's why with, when Don and I were dating, you know, a few months in, I was very clear. I'm not sleeping with anybody else. I have no plans on sleeping with anybody else. What about you? And he said, no. And I said, does that mean we're in a relationship? I said, so I guess that means you're my boyfriend. And he said, I mean, if you want to put a label on it, sure. But that's where you where I think we're at these days. Put, you have to be really explicit about it. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> I keep forgetting you're married. Well, I, I guess my, I guess the point I'm trying to make is just because you don't label a thing doesn't mean. I mean, it's not a thing. That thing. Right. <laughs> right. Like if you're spending every weekend together and like half your weeknights, you're dating. You're dating. You're in a relationship. And a lot of times, like we said last week, that window, we love that window. We keep that right. window open just a little crack because when it gets too hot, you want that window open a little crack <laughs> yeah. just so that you can breathe a little bit. And I think more and more people are keeping that window, keeping that little crack open. So I don't know. Well, that's the part that does make sense to me as a, as a married person because I, I don't have the thrill of the new anymore. Mm-hmm. But I remember enjoying it. <laughs> so, I mean, I remember it being fun. Yeah. Um, you know, when the world was full of possibility. Um, uh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I see how people could get addicted to that if they're doing well at online dating. Yeah. Uh, and I've, uh, I think I told you last week, I've started watching all these videos about how to drive traffic and how to build your brand and one of the suggestions that this this guy that I've been following that I who's whose lessons I really I really like he you know knows how to I can't stand videos or audios or anything where it's like let's teach you how to do this in the first 10 minutes of them just talking about themselves I will absolutely punch <laughs> out hard pass nope don't care I don't care you grew up on a farm I don't give a shit I want to know how to build my traffic so this is what this guy does and he, the, one of the things he said to do is go to Quora and mm-hmm. start answering questions because you can build a profile. And every time you answer a question, it, it can say, you know, Krista Maraccio, certified uh, trauma recovery coach and uh, dating after trauma specialist. And you that can is, link. What? That is the craziest advice I've ever heard. <laughs> what, what do you mean? To go to Quora? Okay, because here's the thing. That site has millions of site views a day. Uh, let's it put, does? Uh, I just started, to, okay, two days ago. I just created a profile two days ago. I yeah. already have over 2,500 views. 
Okay. Well, on, on my I, pro- I take excuse me, back. on my profile, <laughs> and I've already had people signing up for the newsletter, and so there's been right. conversion. So I take it back. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like little things. If I didn't watch this video, I wouldn't know. However, I mean, the people on Quora, it's like basically just it's a step below Reddit. Like Reddit is right. at least intelligent discussion. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. Quora really is a lot of young people. Uh, there's a lot of discussion for narcissistic abuse, huh. which I'm getting more and more and more informed about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can answer a lot of questions. And so when people can see that I know I know what I'm talking about, uh, it will, you know, that they'll come to my site or maybe they'll sign up for one of the free, you know, one of the, th- the free like group sessions we're doing. or So it does work. Uh, but... What I'm seeing, do you even remember why we got on this Quora thing? Because I just went blank. Uh, you were you were talking about building a brand, right? Yeah, we're building. I was building umbrella, building a brand, but there was something else to do with relationships and the questions. I guess the questions. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I think that was it. <laughs> just yeah, you watched you watched a how to video about building a brand, and they said go on Quora, and it's working. It's working, but there were questions that were la- related to the whole bit about uh, not defining a relationship. Oh. Yeah. Some of the relationship questions, it's really on there. Is, there was one <laughs> that, of course, set me off, and it was, how do I tell my date I'm not going to pay their share? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> did you answer that one? I did. <laughs> you you could have seen smoke coming out of my fingers as I was typing. <laughs> Uh, and of course, the women who responded were like, well, you have to pay because you asked, which I agree. We've already gone over this. We won't go down this road again. But they said, you know, but after the first date, I'm always willing to, you know, I'm always willing to offer them the first date. But after that, the man should pay. And they, they and then they'll say what? something about how they're feminists. I'm like, you know what? Nope, nope. Feminist doesn't mean what you think it means. <laughs> after the first date, they want to pay? After the first date, they want the men to pay for everything. That is... The opposite. stupidest. It's just <laughs> what just, I would think. <laughs> yeah, it, whatever. Okay. It just doesn't work. In any case, um, I think we're in this place of um, there's so much. What I noticed on Quora with all the questions about Tinder and the hmm. dating yeah. apps is really, you know, people, if someone even asks, you know, can you get addicted to that? Can you get addicted to these apps? And the answer is yes. And I do believe that that's going on. And I think people just are too they're they're not willing to take take the risk anymore Mm -hmm. well so so here's here's what i understand about tinder it's very easy to say no (laughs) without really looking because my only tinder experience is uh a male friend handed me his phone and was like "Eh, see see who you can find for me (laughs) and how did that go um, I didn't find anyone for him, but but also you're right. It's just it's an overwhelming abundance of options, and obviously not all these people are really options, mm-hmm. you know. But mm-hmm. um, feels endless, and it's very easy to say no without really looking right at all, right? You know, because there's that sense of oh, someone else will just come along, and I'll just get a mat another match in you know an mm-hmm. hour, so. It's just an endless cycle and it's, I don't, I really, I really wonder how much longer these apps are going to last because it just seems, 
it just seems like more and more people are saying there's just, they don't work. They don't work. Right. Or, you know, I'm getting dates, but I'm, you know, I'm getting matches, but I'm not getting any dates. And that's what, that was something that I noticed. But you know what? I don't think anybody tunes in to listen to t- about me talk about my Tinder experience. Um, you mm-hmm. sent me an article mm-hmm. about the Me Too movement backlash. That's that's correct. That's correct. <laughs> I did. Yeah. It was from the Harvard Business mm-hmm. Review. And basically, um, it it says that um, Leanne Atwater, who was a professor at the University of Houston, responded to the Me Too thing, um, not with a celebration that like, oh, good, this shitty workplace sexism is finally ending, but with skepticism, because she assumed that there would be some sort mm-hmm. of fallout. And, and there, there was, was <laughs> as it turns out. <laughs> um, so she led a study. Uh, she collected data from 152 men and 303 women. And they started out by just trying to figure out, okay, do men and women have the same op- opinion or view on what actually constitutes sexual harassment? And it turns out they do. So it, there were three... Um, points of deviation. So in in that case, it actually turned out that the men were more likely to say that an action was sexual harassment mm-hmm. than women were. So the data revealed that women were actually more permissive in defining harassment than men were, which I think is very interesting because when that whole thing mm-hmm. was happening, um, which I, I now consider it in the past, I know you do too. Um, but when it, when it was a thing, I feel like all I heard was men whining mm-hmm. about well how do I know what can I tell someone that they look nice today or what just mm-hmm. claiming that they didn't know where the boundary was and that was a lie <laughs> they know they know where the boundary was so that has to mean that they're doing it on purpose well wait a minute do you really think they know where the boundary is because like you said the women are more permissive but I think the women are more permissive because and I'll bet that the women are more our age like and older, not younger. It doesn't say how old I would, they are. It doesn't say how old the men because are either. We're, you know, we're so used to this stuff that it's become that we're just, we're just so used to it that it's like, Oh, that's nothing, you know? And I'm not saying that that's right. Well, yeah. That's, that's, I'm not true. saying that's right, but yeah. because we don't react to it, these men really, I, I really think, I really do think that, that there's that that people are confused, that men are confused, or that even men and women are confused about what constitutes sexual harassment, and you know what's appropriate and inappropriate in the workplace. And I used to work at a place, and I'll never forget this, where my office mate told me one night that the vice president of the company, she, okay, I have to be careful. So she, they were in a situation, and he asked her to sleep with him. And she said no. And then a few years later, uh, a woman, another woman brought sexual harassment charges against him, someone from the company. And sure as shit, you know, she got run, she got run out of the industry. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I so remember hearing that story. And what I also remember is this woman ended up having to leave the company because she was really sick. And mysteriously, for many years, she maintained her insurance. Yeah, she hmm. was she, she was left on the payroll. 
is what the was what mm-hmm. people believed. That was the belief, right? But you know, th- this is this is the climate. Like this was so normal. I'll you know, I was in a remember being in a meeting, a creative meeting, and I had on a mini skirt, and the creative director who had already been booted from one office to this new office because of his comments, he was like, "Sexy legs." And I remember feeling so embarrassed. You know, I was yeah. not complimented by that. I was embarrassed. So I don't. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's not, not appropriate. appropriate. Workplace behavior. Right. But because we don't, we never spoke up, these men just never figured out we don't like that. And we never spoke up because we never feel we could, never felt we could. Well, I guess we still can't. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, this this study revealed a bigger backlash than respondents anticipated. Uh, so 19% of men said they were more reluctant to hire attractive women. 21% said they were reluctant to hire women for jobs involving close interpersonal interactions with men, which sounds like jobs. <laughs> and 27% said they avoided one-on-one meetings with female colleagues. Ugh. How do you like? And let's be clear: if the the roles were reversed and women pulled that shit, they'd be fired. Of course, yeah. Well, well, right. Of course, right. <laughs> I, I yeah. don't. I it's, I don't know. I don't. I don't buy it. I I guess there are occasions where the line is blurred, but it, when in doubt, just. Don't be a creep at work, you know. <laughs> yeah, when in doubt, don't come. It's it's really the same thing. Like even on a dating site, I don't care where you are. Here's the deal: do not comment on a woman's looks or body unless you know her. There you go, and scene. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even then, that? I mean, it, it, and even then, but make sure there's an established connection or rapport right. before you start making. Those comments are that there, there, there's a familiarity that should come with comments like that. Yeah. And I don't want to hear, I'll tell you something. I was walking Luca a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago and some guy I'm walking and he looked at the door, looked at Luca and said, Oh, she's uh, she's, she's chubby, huh? I, I got so offended. Not because I realized if he's going to like, he, I'm a random person on the street. And he's just making comments like that. And I'm like, don't talk about my dog like that. And, <laughs> you know, plus she's, she's a girl. She's a female dog. And so I was especially protective. But I was so offended by that. And I don't think people realize, like, again, here we go with men thinking, well, I can make those kind of comments. No, you can't. <laughs> I, I just want to forever answer the question. Is anyone interested in hearing your inner monologue? <laughs> All day long, men? No. No. No one is. No, no one is. No one cares. I'm, look, I'm looking at the graph for this article. Mm-hmm. Um, the more women who come forward about sexual harassment, the more likely it will be that men blame women for the problem. That's right. And 43% of women agree and 30% of men agree. Yeah. So yeah. that's where we're at. Right. Because we know. Because we know. We know how men will deal with this. And I can't believe, so now, wait a minute. Now, now we're not even, now we're not getting the jobs because we're just too pretty or because you assholes can't control yourselves. 
So now, now you're yeah. going to deny us jobs because you have no impulse control. Well, I thought what I thought was interesting about this study is that they they clearly talk to people who specifically do not work in HR, right? Because anyone who has any experience with HR would know that like this is the definition of discrimination. Mm-hmm. So you have to. I mean. I don't, you can't be this overt about it. You know what I mean? Like 90% of your staff can't be male. Well, yeah, exactly. Wait a minute. Here's another one. Men in general will be more likely to exclude women from social interactions. 22% right. men said yes. 44% of the women said yes. I mean, I think they were already doing that with women they didn't want to sleep with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, of course. Right. Just more of the same. And again, who cares? Are we really missing out on your shitty dude bro happy hour talk? No. You know, it's funny that you say that because we're going to, in a second, we're going to talk about Brittany runs a marathon. Uh, so that's the movie Don and I saw this weekend and how great it was. And it actually brings up this point. Okay. So before we get to that, let's, I want to finish this, but you know, I think with any movement comes backlash. Sure. You know, uh, I mean, when the Asia Argento, Argento, when that story came out that she had allegedly had sex with an underage boy, it was like, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and little, and then little by little, they really are. They do set out to try and tear down anybody who becomes a face of this movement because they're so terrified of this movement. Yeah. I, well, I think in this case, progress is inevitable, right? Because you're just, you can't not hire women. <laughs> I mean, women yeah. are graduating college at uh, rates that far outpace men. So how are you going to not hire women? Right. I mean, aside from the fact that it's just illegal to not hire women because she's aside a woman. Aside from that. Yeah. <laughs> aside from that. <laughs> if you want your business to run well, you need women. I hit, That's the bottom line. Yeah, no, Sorry. <laughs> sorry. We don't make the rules. Trust <laughs> us. We don't. If we did, we wouldn't be in this mess. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, yeah. So, uh, so what is what is your conclusion for this article? What are your final thoughts? Um, it makes me really glad that I work in an office that is mostly women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that hasn't always been my experience. I definitely have worked in places where I uh, was the minority and. It, it really matters. Like you really, you have to work with women. You can't, you can't yeah. not hire women. When women are outnumbered, the morale, at least for women, <laughs> is definitely lower. Women are treated differently. They're yeah. given the more menial tasks. Um, and it just is not the 1950s, man. We're just yeah. going to have to get over it. Here's something anecdotal, maybe. Uh, I, the hosts that work for me now, my hosts, most of the ones work for me for seven years, another one for going on two, they've all worked for me for a, a, lo- a good chunk of time. They've always said, well, you know what guys come up to me at these events and they want to host. And so just going against my better judgment, because there's a reason why, and I will flat out come on out and say this. Um, I won't not hire men, but I am very uncomfortable hiring men to host. And here's why, because the one time in the past, 
I just did this, and this was the first time I did it in maybe almost 10 years. What happened? He totally, all he wanted to do was talk to the women, and he let women in for free, despite me telling him they don't, they have to be on this list. You know, that's money out of my pocket. He didn't care. And he wanted me to hire a host of another speed dating company. Uh, He wanted me to, you know, use one of their hosts. To, to host speed dating events. And she, but clearly, like, he thinks she's hot, so he wants an excuse to contact her. Oh, so he wanted a co-host. No, he wanted, he just, he was like, oh, you should use this woman. But he wanted an excuse to contact this woman. Gotcha. So uh, I said, no, you know, we don't poach hosts from other companies. It's just bad form. And it, this other company, I've, kind of, I've heard some things that the company isn't very much, isn't really on the up and up. And a week later, I get a text. Hey, handsome. Sorry, I haven't gotten back to you. Ba 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 ba. I totally yeah. She probably doesn't want to hire me because you know I work for a competitor. I totally get that. The guy had totally disregarded what I had said and given my phone number up mm-hmm. to this woman. And I replied that was back. pretty dumb. Yep. And that's <laughs> and let me tell you something. My female hosts they don't they don't pull that shit. My female hosts are there to do a job. They work. They're not there to flirt. They get it done. They do it correctly. I don't have yeah. to micromanage them. The men, not the same thing. <sighs> not the same. Not the same experience at all. Yeah. Okay. Well. So. <laughs> okay. Well. Future is female. <laughs> the future. <laughs> it's just not here yet. It's just not here yet. It's that's the future. It's way, way in the future. Uh, okay. What did we, I thought, well, Brittany say, Brittany runs a marathon. Oh, I finally saw a preview for that. So good. Just this weekend. Yeah, it looks good. So good. And what I really liked about it was there was not one, like, there was one actress in it who you've seen in so many things, but you don't know her name. That was Don, Don, you know, he's like, who is she? Who is she? And I said, she's been in this, 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 and this. And he's like, oh, right, but what's her name? I'm like, I couldn't tell you. I have okay. no idea. But everybody else, you just didn't know who they were. And I felt that that brought something. I liked, I loved the newness of that. You know, yeah. because, so the story basically is that Brittany, she's, um, you know, she's not making a lot of money and she's just not where she wants to be at age 30 and she feels like a loser. And FYI, I started crying in the movie um, because I so so related to that. Mm. And she decides, she goes to the doctor to get an Adderall prescription. And the doctor's like, yeah, no, you need to, instead, you need to lose 50 pounds. She's like, what are you talking about? And he's talking, you know, there's different health health reasons, whatever. So she starts running. Mm -hmm. And over time, like, she starts obviously losing weight. And you know, they show her running for the subway and well, this is before she's lost the weight. And, you know, do the guys hold the door? No. She's like, hold it, please hold the door. The guys hold it. No. But after she's lost the weight, of course they hold the door for her. Mm -hmm. And she's talking about how when she was heavier, she was the friend, you know, she, you know, I, they, they told me all their innermost thoughts because, you know, they didn't see me as human 
because I wasn't somebody they wanted to have sex with. Yeah. And yeah, like that's what I mean. Like that's how to like just to the gut, this movie could on so many levels. And she's, you know, she loses weight and she meets a guy and, you know, she has sex after, for the first time in a couple of years. And she says, you know, um, I, I had like being sexual was the only thing that really made her like being attractive, being sexual, being somebody that what men wanted to have sex with was, was what made her feel like a woman. Okay. And she, you know, she's acknowledging that like, that's, that's wrong. It's shitty. But the real kicker, uh, there's a scene near the end and her life has kind of fallen apart after, you know, it, it gets, everything comes together. And then of course, in like any good story, you know, they, things have to fall apart for them before the ending. And she's drunk and she's at her sister's house and this couple shows up and it's this thin man with a plus size girlfriend. And so she's drunk and she's just staring at them and she keeps interrupting. They're like, they're talking about what they did with the weekend or whatever. And she's, she's like, so how did you guys meet? And yeah. they go uh, <laughs> through friends. And so they continue on with the conversation. She's like, so, but like, did you meet a long time ago? Because she, <laughs> what she's implying is, oh, she must have been thin when you met her. Mm -hmm. And the guy says, I don't like what you're implying. I don't like where this is going. And she's like, I'm just saying what everybody's thinking. And the, of course, the girlfriend gets upset and they leave. And she just starts projecting all this stuff onto this woman. And she eventually apologizes to her. And the woman has this neat little monologue where she basically says, I was you. And now I'm just, I just stopped caring. Mm -hmm. And I am so fucking happy. And that she has everything she wants. Because she, because she stopped caring, not because she, you know, had to, there was more she had to do to live up to this expectation. Um, but yeah, it was... I think Jillian Bell uh, was the co-writer and she's the star of it. And she actually lost the weight at, through the filming. Like uh -huh. the, she, she really wanted this to be as authentic as possible. And it, it, for anybody who's ever not been conventionally attractive or who has, and then no longer is like, let's say they, uh, you know, they gain weight or they get older or whatever. The, the treatment is very different. How you are treated as a woman is very different. Yeah, it really is crazy how much it depends on what you look like. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Slowly, but slow. We, it, and the thing is, I think women are, are getting far more, we're far more, not accepting, but I think we're really seeing how we've internalized these messages to the point where it's just so unhealthy. And so we're really actively trying to change that. It's going to take men a long time to catch up to that. Yeah. If they even want to change it. If I they don't know. either even want to change it. Um, but I do think, I always said this with the column too, you know, everyone always said, well, men are only attracted to thin, conventionally thin women. I was like, that's not true. It's not true. No. And, and it, 
FYI, it wasn't always like that. <laughs> like a long time ago, men loved voluptuous women. Like there's that's a reason, true. that's a reason why when you see certain movies, like from medieval times, you don't see a lot of lanky chicks, <laughs> mm, right? Yeah. You see voluptuous women because that's what there, that's what there was back then. And there are certain cultures that, you know, who, what's the word, like herald or, or they love voluptuous women. You know, that's one thing about Italian culture that I really do like is that, you know, there was never, it was always about enjoying and eating and, you oh, yeah. know. Sophia Loren, what did she say about pasta? I owe my figure to pasta. Right, right. Yeah. And she was, you know, she was, she was, I wouldn't say she was full figure, but she was curvy and she was, she wasn't conventionally thin, but I. Any discussion of body image and or, and or weight um, in the 21st century is inherently tied up in class issues too. That's what makes it so hard. It's, you know, numerous studies have shown that like, if you are a person who is overweight, you are perceived as being less educated and mm -hmm. you're perceived as having less money. Mm -hmm. And to some extent that makes sense because eating healthy obviously is more Cost expensive. Money. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, going to the gym takes time, which, you know, you don't have if you're working two or three jobs mm -hmm. and, um, they're just as they're, they're just as so much um, wrapped up in thinness and in bodies. Yeah. Uh, that I I guess I just wish that I hadn't come to the realization that <laughs> men's treatment of women is entirely dependent on whether they think that they are fuckable. I wish I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And I. <laughs> I really hope, I, I feel as though we're slowly getting away from that. Um, but I think we have a long way, unfortunately. Do you think women do that too, to some extent? Like, do you, uh, do you think that women are subconsciously less polite or less courteous to men that they don't find attractive? Or even women that um, are not conventionally attractive. You know, I, I watch Big Brother, uh, and I'm a bit ashamed to admit that. And oh no, that's a wonderful character study. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a conversation going on amongst the, the. There were these two really very conventionally attractive women, and I guess one of the guys, and he was um, he was a person of color, and he was I guess touching her, and she said, you know, ew, you know, I don't like that. Like it's one thing if you're hot. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, lots wrapped, lots wrapped up there. And he was, um, yeah, he was like fuller figured. He wasn't, you know, muscular in any way. And it turns out he had like this incredibly hot girlfriend, <laughs> which people found That's out. Cool. And so that was sort of like everyone kind of made fun of the the, the two women who were like, you know, this guy's has a pretty amazing life, and you're putting him down. Mm -hmm. But I, I. I think women are becoming less like that, but of course women do it too. Of course women. I mean, Big Brother, I don't think is uh, reflective of real life. You don't? <laughs> no. Oh. I, don't. I, think I mean, I, I think that woman that you're describing is probably terrible, but I think that yeah, there, was probably a hyperbolic view of her. No, she was pretty awful. She was pretty awful. Mm -hmm. And they, it was a very racist season. It was a very, you know, she thought that because she was hot, doesn't really matter. I'll get away with this. 
She said is this it, the the most recent season? Uh, it's this is it's well it's every season this happens every season they yeah. have that you know they have those people where they always they always prioritize you know the white male fucking narcissistic literal narcissist and the smoke show women and the, every year there's that one guy who just completely controls a woman and now they have this guy and he's in the house and he's complete he's emotionally abusive like hands down. Mm-hmm totally puts her down, weakens her, tries to like break her down. She finally breaks down. And then what does he do? Sarah? Oh, what does he do? Yeah. He uh, probably withdraws his attention. No, no. And once he breaks yeah. her down and she's like in a total mess, then he goes and, oh, there, there. Then now he's the savior. It's that up and down and push pull and back and forth that, ha- that can, that is so destructive and so damaging. Mm. And yet, this show is trying to give this guy a good edit, but the people who watch the live feeds, we see all, well, I don't watch the live feeds. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. So the show editors. Yeah. They're editing him to... one way. Huh? Yeah. I wonder why that is probably to do with advertisers, right? Well, they did it before with um, a couple years ago with the couple that went on to play in the, uh, the to win the, the amazing race. These okay. two were on the show and they were just awful. Like he's a transphobic racist piece of shit. She's a racist, ignorant idiot. I'm so happy they found each other. So happy. Um, <laughs> and Couldn't have happened to nicer people. And on the show, if you just watch the show, they were, they were framed as the victims. But if you watch the live okay. feeds, you saw, you know, she's running around calling one guy. She's like, you know, you're fucking fat. And he's, he says to the woman, he clearly like has no use for women that aren't um, conventionally beautiful. And he put women up, you know, he's trying to get these women out. And he said to one woman, you know, I'm, I nominated you to be evicted because I just don't like you. And of course she like wasn't conventionally attractive and he behind the, behind the scenes, that's who they were. And yes, it's to market them because then they put them on one of their soap operas for a couple of days. CBS put them on the soap opera for a couple of days and then CBS put them on the amazing race a couple months later Hmm. because they were so marketable because they were conventionally attractive and, Oh, it was just them against the world when they were in big brother. And it turns out they're both just raging assholes. Hmm. Yeah. I guess when you have those two competing views, also it encourages people to watch not only the show, but the live feed to get the real. Right. Cause you have to pay for it. Right. So yeah. Huh? Huh? In any case, go see, Brittany runs a marathon. So worth it. Support Jillian Bell. I'm. Uh, it does look good. Oh, it's so so good, and it just, it really. I I want. I'm trying to figure out how I can say this without giving away the movie. It doesn't. It doesn't do. You know there there are certain rom com tropes. Yeah. Nope. Not in this movie. Okay. So she she doesn't lose fifty pounds. Mary Hugh Grant live happily ever after. No. Nope. No. No. Right. She does not. Uh, and it's just really good, and I really liked it. Okay, uh, I think we all know what time it is. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've got a letter today, and it was... I always say that the universe always delivers when I'm like, I really, I really want to talk about something, <laughs> but I don't want to be a total asshole. And then I get this letter... I'm like, oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Now I can talk about what I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. So Sarah 
Hmm. Now, I, I added you in a comment from Instagram today. <laughs> you did. I did. And it, what was the, hold on. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to bring this up. Now I've talked about this page before. I won't name them anymore just because I really, I really don't want to like fuck up her business or anything. She seems like a nice person, but wow. She does. She does. She seems really nice. She seems very nice. Shitty dating advice, but she seems nice. So she posts a text today and here's the exchange. Hi, I'm sorry I didn't get your message in time, and my daughter got a concussion in her game Saturday, so we basically stayed with her all day Sunday. That was my weekend. How was your weekend? And that's August 27th, 1226 p.m. She, this okay. person responds. Oh, gosh, I hope she is okay. My weekend was good, thanks. Did you want to try to reschedule for Friday or weekend? And the person, other person responds, good morning. Now, he, this person responds at 9.54 a.m. Good morning. Thank you. She's doing okay. Uh, yes, I would absolutely would like to reschedule. Any plans this weekend? Want to get together Saturday? Uh, Want to get together Saturday? Hold on. What just happened? Want to get together Saturday or Sunday for lunch? He brings up lunch. Okay. And 12 hours go by and the woman responds. And says, yeah, you know, I'd really like to really like to meet up, you know, just shoot me a line. And, you know, if Saturday definitely works. And so no response. Saturday comes. Mm-hmm. She sends an email. She's like, hey, just following up. You still wanted to get together. And yet again, it was another case of these people refusing to read the fucking signs. That mm-hmm. somebody just wasn't interested yeah, there's a lot of time between each of those messages. Well, it's not even the time between the messages. It's, first of all, I'm assuming it's the guy that says, oh, my daughter had the concussion. First of all, the guy says, oh, you know what? I didn't get your message until later. So there's that. Mm-hmm. So that's the first blow off, right? The second blow off is, yeah, do you want to get together Saturday? We can do lunch. Who wants to go on a lunch date? Like lunch date, <laughs> afternoon, like that is a bad sign. If someone's like, yeah, why don't we uh, meet up for um, lunch? Is there a reason why they don't want to meet you like at four or five o'clock or six o'clock for a drink? Like, Yeah, it's because they have a dinner date. Well, that or they don't want to get, they're like, I know I'm not going to be into this person and I'm not giving them my Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, you know, I kind of feel like I have to do this because I made plans and I've already blown them off. So I don't want to be a total dick, so I'll make make a plan with them. But I'm going to do lunch, not like have a reel with them. So that was the second yeah. sign. And the third sign, of course, was that he just didn't fucking respond. <laughs> and nope, no. Nope. And so I <laughs> said to this woman, I go, this is another case of you having your client pursue somebody that's not interested. And she says, what you see as pursuing I see is standing up for yourself. And I'm like, that's not even what that's like. You also think that feminism and chivalry aren't mutually exclusive. So (laughs) I don't know. I kind of don't have a lot of faith in you. So yeah, there's this idea. Now we're going to read the letter that I got and it's uh, on the same theme question. Okay. After a long break from Mm -hmm. online dating, I decided to test the waters again. I matched with someone on Tinder who stated at the outset that he was interested in casual but ongoing dating. 
repeated hookups, in other words, which I'm okay with. We texted for a few days, and I asked him when he'd like to meet. He said sometime after the upcoming week. I asked him the following Sunday if he wanted to make a date for Wednesday night. Said he was coming down with a cold. Now, wouldn't Mo say, let me see how I feel on Wednesday? He's been polite, smart, interesting, insightful about women and dating. Responsive and acts as if he wants to meet. Discusses our future date, but still hasn't asked me out, so what gives? He's attractive, bright, works in finance, etc. Type of guy who probably has a healthy Rolodex. So my guess is that he wasn't sick. Instead, better options arose, which is fine. I mean, he didn't cancel a scheduled date. This is casual. That's going to happen. And he's certainly not going to tell me that. My question is, how much longer do I continue texting him before I tell him that I'm looking for more than pen pal without seeming pushy? And how do I do it in a way that's polite but straightforward? I don't want to seem pushy. I've already asked him out twice, so I'm leaving the ball in his court. But how long do I let it bounce around before I say something? Or should I just... Start replying to him with short answers, not engaging in lengthy conversations with him. And generally, I just don't think extensive pre-day texting is a great idea. It can set up false expectations. I'm Okay, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little angry. And you should be making your first impression in person, not via text. And it takes some of the fun out of getting to know someone. Is he just keeping me on hold until he's exhausted his Rolodex? Why can't this be simple? One shouldn't have to write into a dating site to get advice on how, how to schedule a date. But unless you're telepathic, this is what it's like now, age 44. Now, I don't disagree that that's what it's like now, but this is simple. Yeah. This, this one is easy. <laughs> he's not interested. No. <laughs> nope. He, he's not interested. No. And... Uh, that's it. Like, and scene, he's not interested. He's being polite, hoping you will just go away. Mm -hmm. And not because you're a bad person. You're probably a really nice person. And maybe not even because he's a bad person, although I'm, I'm leaning in that direction, but because like you said, he has so many options. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't think people, Here's the thing. If you have to if you have to be the one initiating, this is this is bad. Yeah. This is bad. It's a bad sign. Yeah. So to answer the question, how much longer do I continue texting before I tell him I'm looking for more than a pen pal? Zero. Zero hours. Zero point <laughs> zero. Zero of the time. <laughs> you know, honestly, like what is the, and this, this, so it's like this coach, she did the same thing with someone else. She texted this guy and said, Hey, did you follow up with so-and-so? And the guy said, yeah, I followed up with her and we might be going out this weekend. And she said, well, it's, you know, it's Friday afternoon. Have you texted her yet? And he said, no. And she's like, well, you should have followed up with her. He said, I followed up the night of the date and told her I had a great time. And she said, okay. well, this is, this is making you look like you aren't interested. <sighs> so you need to follow up. And I, I just went, he did follow up. He did. He yeah. told her he was interested. Now it's on her. <laughs> what is this? Like, stop trying to encourage. Stop with this. Well, men, you need to pursue. Because that's not necessarily what we want anymore. Some do. But a lot of us kind of like we want to. I said, what is the, what is so wrong with meeting men halfway in this? I don't know. Anyway, it's not the letter. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I went off on a tangent. I had to bring that one up, but back to the letter. 
okay, Liz, girl, he's not interested. No. And he's being polite and he doesn't want to be mean and he doesn't want to say, I'm not interested because people, believe it or not, that not people aren't just, aren't always assholes. He doesn't want to be an asshole and say, look, I'm really not interested. And more than likely, you know, whenever somebody said, when she said, uh, you know, I, I suggested we get together and he said, um, he said something about the up, uh, the upcoming week. I asked him the following Sunday. So like not this week, but next week. So he's right. pushing it off like right there. He's pushing it off. He is. Yeah. He's, he's trying to postpone he's it. Try, he's trying to put like initially, like they haven't even set up a date yet. He hasn't even initially officially blown her off yet. And he's well, not this week, but maybe next week, you know, he's being very noncommittal and, Rather than be like, okay, he's being noncommittal. And in these situations, this is where you just say, okay, well, you know, when you know your schedule, drop me a line. Bye. Yeah. And more than likely they won't follow up, but, and you know, you've just saved God knows how much time. Right. I think she, um, maybe in disbelief because she doesn't understand like, well, why is this so hard? It's just going to be casual, you know, like I'm not, I'm not trying to pin him down. I'm just trying but you to, are trying, but she well, is trying yeah, to, she is. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. She says she's fine with it, but she's obviously she's already invested a lot of time into right. trying it, to get in the, his head and understand what he's thinking and sort of trick him into, uh, and I, I don't mean trick him like in a malicious way, but just, you know what I mean? Like she's tiptoeing around his emotions. She doesn't want to seem pushy. Just, you're right. going to seem pushy to someone who's not interested exactly <laughs> if you keep asking right so uh she is it's the cognitive dissonance right yeah it's the cognitive dissonance of yeah no 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 i'm totally okay i'm totally okay with casual 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 i'm totally okay with that but she's not no and she's she's not acting breezy <laughs> <laughs> you don't say you're breezy <laughs> that negates the breeziness mm -hmm. right she's in, in this yeah, we try too hard sometimes, I think, to act breezy and like, yeah, sure, I'm totally fine with that. And, but, he, you know, here's the thing, like, we're not because we want our time respected and we want, we want to be respected. And when someone's like, oh, I'm looking for, just looking for something casual, they're not, when he says casual but ongoing dating, girl, yeah, but he doesn't want ongoing with the same person. He just wants to, like, have sex with a lot of women. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And she, I think, really just wasn't interpreting what he was saying correctly. And I think also, too, here we go again with it's a really good-looking guy, a guy with a lot of options. He works in finance, so we excuse it. Mm -hmm. And don't do that. Stop no. doing that. <laughs> Please stop doing that because these guys know they can get away with certain things. Would it be too much to, to ask of women? <laughs> To, to ask that if you feel tempted to write in your in your questions something the, along the lines of like I understand he has other options and that's fine would it be too much to ask that that, that not be fine with you to, <laughs> to maybe just reserve your time and energy for people who are willing to actually give you a shot right it's okay for it not to be fine right? fuck that guy 
It's not fun. Right. It's okay to say, you know what? No, that doesn't work for me. Stop trying to accommodate these douchebags. No. It's not. You're not fine. And it's okay to not be fine. And it's a, it doesn't make you pushy. Here we go. You you want to like you want to go on a date that you're not being pushy. You might yeah. be coming across a little bit dense and desperate. <laughs> but you're not being pushy. <laughs> no no need to fear the thing you fear. <laughs> so, uh let's see. I mean, he didn't cancel a scheduled date. This is casual. Well, no, hun, this is nothing right now. <laughs> right. This is this is nothing right now. Um, even if he was like casually dating somebody, he would probably be more responsive. Yeah. You know, my, yeah. how much longer do I continue texting him before I tell him that I'm looking for more than a pen pal without seeming pushy? Zero minutes. Zero point zero zero. We're we're done. Like you're you're you hit it. Just walk away. Yeah, you don't even owe him a goodbye. Right. Not the, just just be gone. Just <laughs> just move on from this. Wait, hold on. Liz, let's let's have a come to Jesus moment. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. It's okay to want your time respected. It's okay mm-hmm. to want somebody who wants you back. Liz, it's okay. Yep. Yep. And also, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy, Liz. Liz. Fuck that guy. <laughs> oh, good uh, lord. Is this, getting, is this getting too formulaic? I feel like all these letters end with, no, fuck that guy. <laughs> I mean, I hope we get one that's not as straightforward. I know. <laughs> okay, people, work on that. Because this, this can't be our only answer, you know? <laughs> People will stop asking us. Right. I, I know. Before you say fuck that guy, I'm going to say the story. Nope. Fuck that guy. I, can, I already know where this is going. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. The dramatic piano just will not end. Uh, so, people, Sarah, we yeah. are at 58 minutes and 43 seconds. Perfect. Well done. Uh, follow us on Womenology Pod on Twitter, Twitter, and Instagram. Come on to Wilman. Oh my God, womenologypod.com and join the mailing list. We have our first workshop up, which I'm very excited about, and it's called "Stop Dating Unavailable People." Mm. It's gonna be a good one. one. Use the code podcast to save ten dollars. So go to the website. It's right up in the nav bar. I'm very excited. It's September 14th at noon. And if you don't want, it's the, we're doing a, a sort of a group one. It's only going to be about three or four people. So we only have three spots and I'm excited about it because if anybody knows about going after unavailable men, it's me. Am I right? Am I right? I, Am I right? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I trust you with that topic. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, uh, I'm certified on that topic now. Excellent. Uh, okay, follow us on the things, rate us on the things. Sarah? Hi.